This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Heather McMahon. I'm an actress, comedian, living at home with my mother. On the Absolutely Not podcast, we'll laugh, we'll cry, we'll probably prank phone call our ex-boyfriends because honestly, they were the worst. The thing that makes our podcast different is I get to hear directly from you. You can always pick up the phone and catch us on the Absolutely Not line. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a message, but of course, only if it's a nice one. Tune in to the Absolutely Not podcast, and I'll see you soon. Hello, everybody. This is Helen Johannesson, your host of Wine Face, my podcast that is breaking down the 411s of wine, myth busting, making it seem a little bit more accessible, a little bit more friendly. I'm the owner of a wine shop in Los Angeles. It's called Helen's Wines. It's inside of a restaurant called John and Vinny's. We have two locations. If you're in LA, come find me there on Fairfax or in Brentwood. Or if you're all over the place, Find me on Instagram at Helen's Wines or our website, helenswines.com. Join the wine club. We're shipping nationally. Shameless plug. Put it in there. But this is Wine Face. Listen, maybe you love food and wine and you want to know more. And maybe you just want to impress your friends. Either way, I'm here for you. I am ready to break it down. And this week, we're talking about Cabernet Franc, a.k.a. Papa Queen grape. We've talked about Cabernet Franc here and there, sprinkled it in, but never devoted a full 15 to 17 minutes on this epic grape varietal that I personally am a huge fan of. And it's a really exciting time for Cabernet Franc because in the past, it's long been a blending grape that it's finally coming out of the shadows in the last 20 years. It's a blending grape because you know what? It has that je ne sais quoi. It's got that secret sauce that jumps out out and makes a wine that might be a little bit sort of like just a fruit bomb or sort of like, eh, makes it bomb.com. Okay. It's like tender levels of oomph are inserted into the wine, like oomph. And it's got herbaceousness and fruit. I mean, what does Cabernet Franc taste like? Sometimes I think I say Cabernet Franc to people and they're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So this is about Breaking down Cabernet Franc, giving you all the reasons why after Gamay for Thanksgiving, which we already went over, Cabernet Franc is like one of my top 
winter red wines because it hits that perfect note of being medium bodied, but also not too heavy and not too fruity. Cabernet Franc, what does it taste like? Tastes like heaven. Okay. LOL. No, Uh, we don't know what heaven tastes like. Cabernet Franc is a complex perfume driven wine that you want sprayed in your face when you're walking through the department store. That's what Cabernet Franc smells like. Tastes like too. It has notes of raspberry, black currants, and like the most perfect, beautiful vase of violets ever. I don't even know if violets really have a very palpable, like notable smell. I think it does in concentrate, but you know, it's that sort of like you want to make a potion with this wine. Like you're five years old and you're making potions and it's like, yes, this is the best shit ever. It's also coupled with notes of graphite vibes, which it's like you did a long math equation and you just can't wait to solve it. You do that equal line at the bottom, A squared plus B squared equals C, it was a Pythagorean theorem. Okay, it's not exactly like that, but a little bit of graphite vibe. And then there's this green streak that runs through pretty much every Cab Franc in general. There's some places where it's grown where this green streak doesn't really show up and it can manifest as kind of like a spicy note that's jalapeno vibes or bell pepper vibes, or it can swing a little more vegetal. The vegetal green streak can be more or less pronounced depending on where the grapes are grown, which part of the world, and also when they're picked. So some people might pick a little too early. That green streak's on fleek, but there's always velvety, medium-bodied tannins and it evokes quite a vibe. So Cab Franc, something to get behind. And it's not too spicy. You know, some people are like, I don't like Syrah, it's so spicy. This is different. This has like so many dynamic flavor components going on that it really is like an equation of umami. Now, the most famous places that Cab Franc grows are Bordeaux and the Loire Valley. This grape has history too. Let me just back up for a second. There's so many different synonym names for this grape, but some that are more common that you'll find around France, which is one of the dominant areas it's grown is Boucher, Bouchy, Breton. It's also genetically like identical to two grapes that are grown in different parts of the world. There's a grape card card. There's a grape called Verdagia, Verdagia Tinto in Aragon in Spain. I'm sorry if I'm, it's, you know, it's nine o'clock in the morning. I'm just trying to pronounce these grapes. And then I'm going to butcher this because I really don't know very well how to pronounce grape varietals. Newsflash, wine professional has weakness. I don't know at all. But in Greek, it's basically identical to sapornamako. Okay, I will spell it T-S-A-P-O-U-R-N-A-K-O. Anyway, genetically identical. It also is the parent. More fun facts about Cabernet Franc. Cabernet Franc is like the grand queen. It is not a grape that was like, oh, it was just created. It's been around for a minute. Most notably in for longevity in the Loire Valley. It's been in other areas for a long time. It is the parent to Cabernet Sauvignon. So someone took Cab Franc and crossed it with Sauvignon Blanc and thus Cabernet Sauvignon was created. It's also one of the parents of Merlot and Carmenere, which are also some of the most famous grapes grown in Bordeaux. So it's got all these cool, you know, it's OG. It's an original gangster grape. And 
I think really the origin from what people can find is Bordeaux. It was planted, I think, dating back to like 17th century. There was like one homie at like the Breton Abbey, which is partly why it was called Breton. But one dude was planting it and it became pretty famous. But the intent over time of it being planted in Bordeaux is that it would get blended with Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. Uh, thus hearkening Cab Franc as like the secret sauce, the thing that makes the wine complexity twerk, you know, so to speak. (laughs) So to speak, guys. Cab Franc is lighter than Cabernet Sauvignon. And I argue that it is more complex, but don't get me wrong. Cabernet Franc is not by no means a quote unquote light bodied wine. Let's focus on Bordeaux. So Cab Franc in Bordeaux goes back to, I mean, technically on the books, I think the 18th century, but I read somewhere else it was being grown, maybe not specifically in Bordeaux, but in the southwestern region of France, which is where Bordeaux is. That was back in the 17th century when the Breton Abbey was growing it. So more notably in Bordeaux proper in the 18th century. Long before that, it was in the Loire Valley. But fast forward, by the early 20th century, there were nearly equal plantings of Cabernet Sauvignon and Cabernet Franc in Bordeaux with around like 25,000 acres by the late 1960s. So it took off. And most of the plantings of Cabernet Franc are along the right bank of the Gironde, which is the river in Bordeaux. And you know, we did that Bordeaux, Bordisi episode, right bank, left bank. It was about three or four weeks ago. Go back and listen. But the plantings of Cab Franc are mostly along the Gironde in the Fonsac, Saint-Emilion and Pomerol regions. So this is not the left bank where all the first growths are. That's Cabernet Sauvignon dominant. It is in the right bank on the River Gironde. And you know what? It's a common theme with Cab Franc. Cab Franc loves being near a river, loves soaking up all those river deposits and minerals. But here's what's crazy about trends. So that was early 20th century. By the end of the 20th century, Cabernet Sauvignon plantings in Bordeaux had increased by a dramatic ratio of two to one to Cab Franc. So while the two were neck and neck, suddenly because of the consumer market, Cab Sauv took the lead. But you know what's cool about that is I think it allowed a area for the Loire Valley superstars to emerge. More on that in a second. So most commonly, there's a few like different ways that Cab Franc can materialize in Bordeaux. It's blended in many of the right bank wines. So it's not necessarily like a prize fighter, dominant player, or like it's not usually the star of the show because it has like a really bright core, red fruit. It's firm, but like, you know, Bordeaux is such a unique place to plant grapes and the expression of them. So there's one super, super famous wine house called Cheval Blanc. It's one of Bordeaux's most famous wines and it's all Cap Franc. you wouldn't really find that many that are 100% pure Cab Franc. So it really takes on this blending identity. But thus, as Cabernet Sauvignon emerged, we have the Loire Valley. Now, as we have done many conversations about the Loire Valley, I'm sure this is just going to be an easy catch up for everyone, but we are focusing on four regions in the Loire Valley. Loire Valley is the area that bisects France. And we are talking about Anjou, Saint-Maur-Champigny, Chinon, and Bourgogne. Those four areas, when you see those names on the labels, you know that if it's red wine, it's Cabernet Franc. 
by law, you can't put that name on the label if there's any other grape varietals in there. So it's really this like amazing heightened forum for the exploration and expression of Cabernet Franc. What's so cool about this area, which is similar to Bordeaux, is that these little areas dot a river that cuts through the entire Loire Valley. And they are among like, there's little river branches and outcroppings. And so all of these villages sort of are scattered along each of these areas. And what's unique about that is that the geography and soil content of each of these places is complex and unique from each other. So each area, Anjou, Samour Champagny, Chinon, Big Bourgogne, they're expressing minerality differently. This river minerality, we got to get to the bottom of it. Loads and loads and loads of ancient alluvial river deposits. That's a tongue twister. Loads and loads and loads of ancient alluvial river deposits dominate Anjou, Chinon and Bourgogne. That is just like the vibes over there. But there's one area that is not ancient alluvial river deposit dominant, and that is Samor. The vineyards of Samor rest on a deposit of like a crazy deposit of limestone that is so dense that like there's century old troglodyte like dwellings and a troglodyte is like cave dwellers. So troglodyte dwellings are prehistoric caves that are still in use. And for real, I've been inside one of these caves. It's no joke. Also with the heat wave this summer, a lot of people ended up moving into some of those caves, but they're crazy. They're like carved out of limestone into hillsides or underground cavernous caves. Like they're not like this, oh, it's a cool little fort cave that like, no, there's like 20 foot ceilings. It's madness. Praise the limestone. I got to say, it's probably the main reason some more produces some of my favorite Cabernet Franc is that limestone crazy deposit that is pre-existing there. It's just absolutely amazing. And I've always talked about the Hill of Breze in Samore. Check it out. I think one of the cool up and coming areas though is Anjou. And what's crazy that's happening, but in a crazy cool way, and we talked about this in a few episodes ago about the Loire Valley is in Anjou, there's also trends towards just getting vineyards and declassifying the wine and making Vendée France. So not everybody is making Cab Franc. But you know what? It's some of that like classic French wine that you just want and you need and you love. Cabernet Franc is real. So Loire Valley, those are the primary areas. Now, da, 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 there are other parts of the world where Cabernet Franc is taking off. So areas like Italy. Italy, Cabernet Franc has been planted in Freely, in the Veneto. And I think probably my most favorite area in Italy that it's being planted is Tuscany. There's Cabernet Franc being focused in like coastal areas of Tuscany, like Maremma and also in Bulgaria. And in these areas, Cabernet Franc is ripening with prized levels of elegance and balance. Very exciting. Can't wait to see what's next. Other dominant area for Cabernet Franc in the world is Hungary. I didn't really know much about this, but I've had a few. I can't say I'm an expert on Hungarian wine, but Hungary had a shit ton of Cabernet Sauvignon planted. And with climate change, this Cabernet Sauvignon was ripening too much. It just isn't growing properly. And so Cab Franc has really risen to fame in the Villani region, which is one of the most famous winemaking regions in Hungary. The wines express themselves a little bit differently, though, from, let's say, the Loire Valley. They're fuller bodied, more tannic, more rich. They have a long aging potential, but not as long as I would say Bordeaux or Loire Valley. 
Next up, the U.S. of A. So California started focusing on planting more Cabernet Franc when the desire to replicate Bordeaux's became super trendy. And the U.S. began marketing these Bordeaux-esque wines as a meritage blend, which to this day is like... People, people sometimes come into the shop and they're like, I'm looking for a Meritage. And I'm like, me too. So it's a Meritage blend. The 1980s, the planting of Cabernet Franc took off. But, you know, I wouldn't say it's the most dominant varietal planted in California right now, but it definitely has its own. Then... The other thing that a lot of people don't realize is that grapes are grown all over the United States and Cabernet Franc is on the rise in Long Island, the Finger Lakes, Colorado, Virginia, Ohio, Michigan, Washington State. 48 states in the U.S. make wine. I mean, I'm not saying it's all great, but I have had some pretty good Cabernet Franc from Virginia. It's something about that red Virginia mud. I don't know. Stay tuned. And Probably the biggest up-and-comer for Cabernet Franc is Argentina. Some people are saying Australia. I haven't had any Cabernet Franc from Australia yet, but Argentina right now, some of the best regarded wines, this is in a more general population sense, are getting like really rave reviews from consumers. So it's nipping at Malbec's heels. So watch out, Argentina. I personally have not experienced Argentinian Cabernet Franc and it has piqued my interest and I will probably go and seek it out. So moral of the story, Cabernet Franc is fucking dope. It's really good. It's balanced. It's medium bodied. It's the perfect winter red. It's perfect after like, oh my God, I'm in a snowy cabin in Vermont and I got a turtleneck and it's like, let me just have a glass of Cab Franc and watch the snowfall. That's literally what I wish I was doing right now. We're getting rain in LA this week. It's going to get cozy city. People in LA just freak out for the rain. It's like favorite weather ever because we need it, guys. We're in a drought. We're a desert. All right, y'all. This was the Cabernet Franc rundown. I hope you loved it. It's the Papa Queen grape Cabernet Franc. I'm Helen, your host of Wine Face. You can follow along at Helen's Wines on Instagram if you want to see the day-to-day action in the shop or about wines that we're obsessed with or go to our website, helenswines.com. Check out what Cabernet Francs we have right now and get inspired just like we do. Also, FYI, we are now shipping our wine club nationally. So wherever you live in the United States, you can be a member of Helen's Wine Club. It is limited production, unique varietals that are curated by me. I write the descriptions. You get food pairings. What temperature should you serve it at? Join the hottest club in town. Anyway, y'all, thanks for listening and I will catch you next time. Bye.